It's been 20 years. 20 years since the release of this film. A lot of people out there will do retrospectives. They will do breakdowns of movies that are turning a certain age. But I guarantee that we are probably the only show where you're going to find a 20-year anniversary breakdown of this movie. Today, we are talking about the butterfly effect. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for watching. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like this video. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss a single video. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, make sure you're leaving us a rating. Leave us a review so that we can get in touch with you. You can give us feedback on the show. All of that good stuff. And today, in-house guests, introduce yourself. Who are you? Christopher Duplissy. <laughs> Age, 27. Sex, yes. <laughs> How do I follow that? You don't. <laughs> I should just leave now. Um, my name's Autumn. I'm Zach's wife. I'm just along for the ride here. And uh, I guess since this is your first time on the show, we can go over some preliminary stuff. What is your relationship with movies like? Well, I've been watching them for quite a while. <laughs> big, would you say you're a big fan, mediocre fan? Oh, Fairweather fan. Not Fairweather fan. I'm not. I, mean, I am no Fairweather fan. I've stuck with movies my entire life. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I have watched so many to a point where I saw John Carter in theaters four times. Still bragging about this. Okay. I saw Silver Linings Playbook in theaters four times. Wow. Yeah. I saw Harry Potter one through two through three all the way up through... Film eight in theaters, most of them midnight releases. This is true. I was there. I'm a fan, big fan. Some might say. In your relationship to movies? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I would hate to call myself mediocre, but I guess I am a mediocre fan in comparison. So you'd say you casually watch them, but not really like the biggest fan of them. You would well, never strike I mean, I out like to do movies. a show like this on your own. No. No, I wouldn't. Have more faith in yourself, Autumn. I've got faith in you. Thank you so much, Christopher Duplissy. Oh, big poppy. Fucking H27. <laughs> sex, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I like movies. All right. Um, today, specifically, we have gathered around this table to talk about The Butterfly Effect, written and directed by Eric Bress and Jay McKee Gruber. Uh, so I guess we can start the show the way we always do, the way Raised by Movies is designed to be. These are movies that from our from our youth that we remember vividly or have seen a bunch of times. Where does the butterfly effect fall on this range for either of you? Do you did you watch this growing up? Did you see it when you were younger? Did were you aware that this movie was even coming out? Yes. To which part? <laughs> <laughs> I was aware that this movie was coming out, and the biggest thing I remember about it was not necessarily the movie itself, because i got to be honest, I didn't see this movie until years after its release, but I remember seeing Ashton Kutcher on a poster for it, and I remember all of the references that were in other movies about this. Like, a butterfly flaps its wing and a tsunami happens in fucking japan or some shit and it was like indirectly i knew what the movie was about through context from other movies but i never 
saw it myself until I did, which was years later. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember when I saw it. Um, I did watch it when I was younger, mostly because Ashton Kutcher was like such a babe. Yeah, that's definitely like a draw, I would think, for some people. Some might argue the biggest draw. So, uh, some could argue the biggest draw. I would argue that it's Ethan Suppley might be the biggest draw for Ethan this. Ethan Suppley? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> is that Kenny? That's, uh, no, Ethan's, is it's his roommate. Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. He was in Boy Meets World. I love that guy. Heck yeah. Dude. Yeah. All right. So, usually this show is going to cover movies in which I have seen before. And I genuinely kind of felt like I had seen this before. Um, but as we were watching it, I realized that this was, I had never seen this movie before. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I thought that I had watched this. Great uh, first episode with guests. I've never seen it. I've never actually um, watched it. <laughs> but I know I definitely, I remember this movie having this reputation of being like, Oh my god, you'll never guess what's going to happen. This movie is so crazy. This movie's going to blow your mind. Like this is the first kind of like that movie that I remember from yeah. being a kid, oh, which yeah. is that like it has such a, a crazy twist ending that you won't see coming, <laughs> which we will talk about because there are four endings filmed and one of them is genuinely wild. Wait, wait, there's four endings. There's- there's endings. four endings. Wow. We only saw one. We only saw one. Can you I, see the others? Like, I will go over what the other ones are. Okay, cool. How much detail are we talking? Like, in terms of how I'm going to go over them, not much detail. I'm going to tell you what happens. Oh, okay. Never mind then. But I mean, I do, I, I think the general premise for this movie is interesting, even if it's one of those movies where the more you think about it, the less it makes sense. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, like, I can't remember. I, I think I was talking to you about this the other day after we watched it. But, like, I remember seeing movies that played with the concept of time in a way that, like, traveling through it and you do stuff. But I don't remember much in the way of doing something in the past affects your present outside of maybe, like, back to the future. Mm. So that's I actually have that written down. We're like, this is almost back to the future in reverse. We're like, yeah. this, like, back to the future is very much, like... Go. You you have to change the past, but you can't do it by like directly interacting with it. If you directly interact with it, then like things are going to be way different when you come back. Mm. And it's like this is like the opposite, where it's like you have to. You're trying to change the future by directly interacting with the past. Yeah, especially since in like Back to the Future, he's trying to reach the same outcome by like making things happen. Right. Yeah. And this one is very much, he's seeking different outcomes. I think, like, in premise, this is a totally fine movie. I think the problem comes when it gets into the hands of Eric Brest and Jay <laughs> McKee Gruber, <laughs> which we will talk about in the production notes side of this. Yeah. Um, either of you really familiar with Chaos Theory? No. Big fan of Chaos Theory. <laughs> uh, so, like, what are, like, the big criticisms that people had with this movie is that it doesn't actually follow what the butterfly effect actually means and wait, wait, wait. hold on i want to stop you there i thought the butterfly effect came from the title of the movie so no <laughs> 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 so the the butterfly effect is like an actual thing right it's in this thing known as chaos theory which is a a study a, this is according to wikipedia.com 
So pretty accurate facts here. Yep. Yeah, good. Uh, a study <laughs> on the focus of underlying patterns that are highly sensitive to initial conditions. Chaos theory states that within the randomness of complex systems, there are underlying patterns, right? So that, that quote that starts the movie, which is like, if a butterfly flaps its wings in Taiwan, then a tsunami's going to hit Tokyo, right? Yeah. That, so that sort of thing. And so the butterfly effect is like the dependence of initial conditions in which like a small change in one state results like in a large change in a in a later state right so like small decisions having large impacts and so a lot of people were very quick to point out that like there's no decision that Ashton Kutcher makes in these movies that is small. <laughs> these are all like that's true. These are all incredibly like drastic changes. I don't know. I mean, like towards the end is a pretty small decision. But you know, like the first time he goes back, it's to stop Kaylee from being molested. Like these are not small changes to somebody's life. Like I think, <laughs> I think like in theory, the butterfly effect would be like, um, like you are deciding, like instead of eating at home, you decide to go to Dunkin Donuts like that is such a minute decision in your day-to-day -day uh, life but let's say like because you chose to go to Dunkin Donuts you get hit by a car right like that is a small sure. difference that makes like a big like a big impact later on so like brushing my teeth with my left hand instead of my right yeah something so in like but like because of that you end up like you get carpal tunnel yeah oh fuck dude <laughs> Don't brush your teeth with your left hand. And I'm sorry for those who already do. <laughs> you will get carpal tunnel. And like a lot of scientists were quick to point out that like literally the point of the butterfly effect is that you can't control it. Like the, the idea that you could control the butterfly effect as, essentially goes against chaos theory just in general. Like you can't do it. It's like it is the randomness that generates these things that like that is the point. Well sure and like it may go against science but like it still feels like it has I don't want to say like some consistency because obviously if scientists are saying that this isn't true then like I kind of side with them but like at the same time it is understandable enough where for story's sake I feel like that, to me personally, that's just not a huge issue. Like, that's a hump that I can get over. Oh, yeah, sure. That's definitely not, like, my problem with the movie is that it's not scientifically accurate. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's not really what I'm the you most concerned about. You mean some guy about. doesn't sit in a prison cell, read his fucking diary, guess, and go back in time? <laughs> I guess I would liken this more to something like Inception, where, like, as long as the logic within the movie is consistent, yeah. I'm fine with it. They hold themselves to their own standards. And like the, I would least. I would say the logic in this movie is consistent with the logic that it stretches out. I just personally think that it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> their, their bars are dumb and they should not have had them in the first place. All right. So that's our first impressions. Let's move into production notes and talk about how this movie came to be. Sure. Um, either of you familiar with Eric Bress or James Key Gruber? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so the this is their first movie, and I think that the, that's pretty apparent. Yes. Um, 
They had a big hit for their first movie, though. Uh, yeah, I guess we can say this movie was made for $13 million and grossed to $97 million worldwide. So this movie is a hit. Yeah. This mo- uh, with Ashton Kutcher. Had Ashton Kutcher not been in the forefront. I oh, mean, don't worry. We will get to the Ashton yeah. Kutcherness of this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's a, there's a making of featurette. And, like, this is, like... I'm glad I didn't see this before I saw the movie because it would immediately turn me off to the movie in which, like, they state that, like, they were trying to make something, like, edgy and dark and oh twisted. God. Like, they wanted that. And so, like, I, I think if I had seen that before watching the movie, I'd be like, fuck these guys. Like, <laughs> I fucking hate that. But it's like they they feature, like, all of the like the movie like has all these awful things happen and seemingly their response to this and like in this making of thing is like well that's life life has awful things that happens to you and it's like doesn't mean doesn't mean i want to watch it like (laughs) that's such a cop out you're like you're making something cinematic that doesn't mean it's going to be an average experience if this guy is going back in time i already argue he's not living an average experience (laughs) like so like they they just like i think it's very interesting to like juxtapose this like 2004, right, to 2024, <laughs> in which case like using molestation and incest as a plot point, I think is just not something you would do anymore. Oh gosh, no. No, 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 no. I mean like there are probably mo- like I feel like that's a topic if you're going to handle it, you have to handle it individually. That like, that's is the that focus is the, of movie. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. you could have done. Like you could have made that the focus of the movie instead of that making that secondary to his relationship with this girl. Oh, it could be like that is the big thing that gets revealed to him that like, you know, he gets he finds out that he was taken advantage of and molested and he uses this ability to try to change that. Yeah. Because I think it, that's reasonable. Like that could have been the movie, but like they were like, That's not far enough. We've got to burn a dog alive. We got to go to prison. We're we, trying to be edgy, dude. Explode a baby's head off. We got to explode a baby and the mother. Yeah. We got George Clooney from Leatherheads. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a. You saw that hat, don't it? Like he didn't see what? that hat, dude. I don't know what that movie is. It was I don't like, know what the reference. Is. It looks like an old football helmet. Yeah. You know what it was uh, like? Like a uh, Russian bomber hats that have like the flaps yeah, on the side yeah. of the fur on it. It looks yeah. like one of those. Okay. <laughs> but basically, these two guys, right, they meet in college. They work on each other's, like, senior theses, and they write this script. And they basically are shopping this script around for, like, seven years. Basically, studios were interested. They, like, they wanted to buy the movie, but they, like, held out because they were like, we're the only ones that could tell this story. Like they, they seemingly are the worst kinds of people on the planet, and I don't. I, oh I'm sure. I'm sure they're nice guys, yeah. but like, just like the way they conduct themselves in these interviews, it's like we're the only ones that could have told this. So like, lots of people wanted to buy it from us, but we held out till we could make it ourselves. And like, more power to you. But like, maybe you should have given this to somebody else. I mean, you made a financial winner, guys. Like, that's good true for you. You made a hit, and like for a movie, you know historically movies come out coming out in january are stinkers like they're not supposed to be good these are movies that studios finance they see like oh yikes these aren't very good and then they dump them in january just in hopes they get their money back and sometimes you get something like the butterfly effect that makes almost 100 million dollars it just kind of seems like january is full of a lot of movies that were like oscar rejects well it's not even an oscar like it's the time when like a lot of oscar movies start to go wide so you have people are interested in that. So you can kind of hide 
a shitty movie in between uh, all of your Oscar movies that you are releasing wide. It's just wild to think that this was thirteen million. They made this for thirteen million dollars. That's I, I feel like even given like the effects that they had, that's still kind of impressive. Well, I think the the effects look awful. What do you mean they look awful? The, the shaky words so and stuff. I think that's like one of the best parts. I don't know. I wasn't impressed by anything in this movie, really. The entire thing. Just didn't, no, <laughs> like, like I, I get that, though. Yeah. Like, I do understand what you're talking about. Um, so, how did this come to be? They took them seven years to make it. What happens, it right? Seven years? It took them seven years from like the beginning of writing until the movie comes out. Seven years. So, what happens? They work on a little movie called Final Destination 2. Oh. And so New Line Cinema, who financed and distributes this movie, is basically like, okay, we like your script. You guys want to make it. How about you help us make this? We'll see how it goes. And then from there, we'll give you the money to make your movie. And obviously, Final Destination 2 is a massive hit for New Line Cinema. It makes tons of money. And they go, okay, congratulations. Like You guys did a good job. Here's the money to make your movie. And they make this. And... You know, they, 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 they did it. You know, they made it. <laughs> <laughs> they did good, the damn thing. Good for them. <laughs> um, good for them staying committed for seven years, too. I feel like after, like, three months, I would have been like, well, gave it the old college try. Oh, but, you well, know, they this, sound like some pretty cocky guys. Yeah. Which, is, I, which I, I'm kind of glad that this movie is received the way it is, because I'm kind of hoping it knocks them down a peg, because this movie <laughs> is, like, kind of universally reviled. Like... People hate the second one even more, but the people, critics at the time, especially, really didn't like this movie. I feel like we gotta watch the second one. That's a good. Uh, no, what? I mean she's right. It's like, you mean like it's just funny because normally like butterfly because uh, I read the synopsis for it and butterfly effect butterfly effect two is literally the same yeah. plot at least but, from what I read. We will not be covering Butterfly Effect 2. But <laughs> but can we watch it? <laughs> what we could do is we could do like a live commentary for it. Oh, fair enough. Like we all sit down on the couch, we plug the microphones in, yeah. we watch the movie and we talk over the movie as it's playing. So it'd be literally just an hour and a half of you guys laughing. Maybe. That's what that would be. <laughs> Maybe. If you're interested in that, let us know. <laughs> You're thinking about Ashton Kutcher's arms being gone. <laughs> yes. Um, so after this movie, they really don't go on to do anything else. No Big surprise. Um, so they're they're kind of involved in the Final Destination, like the soft reboot of that series that comes out in like 2009 or 10. Um, but they haven't really done anything. Um, they have one big credit to their name after this comes out. What's that? And I'm curious if either of you remember this show and or watched it. I have a feeling that my wife sitting next to you probably loved this show. Oh, no. It is an, oh, no. It is an ABC family before they were freeform drama. Oh, Science fiction drama known as Kyle yes. XY. Yes, yes, Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, that belly button. <laughs> they that did belly Kyle button. XY. They are, had no belly button. <laughs> they are the creators, the writers, and the directors what? of Kyle XY. Heck yeah, oh man, man. Yeah. I used to love that, but I was a big sucker. I'm still a bit of a sucker, but who's the star of that show? Oh, I have no that idea. That guy. 
the guy, I don't know his name. No belly button, slept in a bathtub. <laughs> Those are the only two facts I remember from that movie but or he the was TV like show. Eerily, I don't know, he was cute in a it's weird alien Welling, boy way. It? No, it's not Tom Welling. I feel like it was a guy who was in a lot of like teen kind of like teen Dude, romance really, type of movies I really around the time. Wanna, I really want to say that it's Ken Marino, but I know it's not Ken Marino. I think oh, it just looks like Ken Marino. No, I can't remember his name, but it's not any of those guys. Well, it's not important because we're not talking about Kyle XY. Good thing. Maybe I should rewatch that. You think it's still streaming on something? I have no idea. Oh, that was so good. Christmas is coming. Zach will get you the DVD set. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> the only right gift for Christmas. All Monica right, well, started today. You guys have uh, you you've mentioned it. You've mentioned the big selling point of this movie, which is it's Ashton Kutcher attempting something that's not comedic, mm. right? Yeah. So this is kind of at the beginning of Ashton Kutcher like really popping off, right? Like that '70s show is big. Dude, where's my cars? The year 2000. He does just married with Brittany Murphy. He oh. does my boss's daughter with Tara Reid. He has oh, a very wow, small yeah. role in Cheaper by the Dozen mm. as, like, what is it? Is it Hillary Duff's boyfriend? or uh, No, uh, the Hillary Duff's Pipe, boyfriend. Piper Larabo's boyfriend? Good yeah, movie. that sounds right. And then... Hillary was too young. This movie... And then he does this, right? Yeah. He wants to do something that's, like... like Stay like every, in your lane, bro. Where every comedic actor is, like... I can do serious roles. Yeah. And then he does this. Which I, I need people to take me seriously. Like, okay, so like Vince Vaughn does True Detective season two. Vince Vaughn does some serious dramatic work that I think kind of works. Yeah. But for Ashton Kutcher, this is essentially like Ashton Kutcher's the number twenty three. Like that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, like even with like Vince Vaughn and stuff, like the guy took comedy roles that still had an element of serious. Like, even with um, the breakup with Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Like, that one, it may not have been, like, this, there weren't any dogs being burned in it, but that's kind of, like, <laughs> that's kind of, like, what it is, though. Like, he was still having to deal with a breakup, and that was uh, at least an opportunity to show depth. And Ashton Kutcher was like, you know what we should do? We should go from Dudes Where's My Car to this so it just kind of it, it seems like it's too stark of a transition for anybody to take him seriously mm-hmm. i guess well is ashton kutcher bad in this yes yeah you think so yeah yeah i don't think he's that bad i don't i think he's elevated because everybody else in the movie is awful except amy smart but like i think he's i think he's pretty good i think amy smart is brilliant I don't know if I'm going to use the word brilliant. Okay. The only but... good character in this entire movie is Thumper. <laughs> Thumper is the only good yes, character. Yes, we love Thumper. Because I like to think that this... That is, it's such a fucking choice. It's a curveball to be like, let's make this guy a goth and give him like the fucking hairdo with like all the spikes coming out of his Liberty spikes. Like... It was so random. There's Thumper absolutely there. no reason that Thumper can't just be a normal dude. And they're just like, you know what? <laughs> this has got to be him. He's got to have the goth makeup. Thumper He's... fucks. We see him twice. Thumper <laughs> fucks, dude. Are you That's kidding true. me? That's true. Yeah. This I guy think gets it. The whole, I think they went wrong with making it a thriller in the first place. Even it whole... should be like a drama? No, I think it should be a comedy. Not, I think they should take the concept, not use the rape <laughs> Here, scenes. Here, take no, this no, shard. No. <laughs> a lot of... No, I think... 
obviously not the storyline they use, but the concept Whoa, of the Tommy, butterfly effect. What are you doing to my dog? Oh my god! <laughs> you laugh track. Okay. <laughs> I think you guys know what I'm saying. No, yeah, I mean, I definitely <laughs> think this movie could be comedic. I think, I also think, like, I don't think you either, have either of you read and or seen 11-22-63, the Stephen King book? No. no. It, it could be like that, right? Like, that movie is... I don't is, know, I've never seen it. it <laughs> I'm about to tell you. <laughs> like, it could be like that, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Zach. <exactly>. Yeah. Yeah. 11-22-63, did... Obviously, you know what happens on that date. Yes. What happens? It was Dallas, Texas. Yes, Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> John F. Kennedy is assassinated, right? Oh. But okay. like eleven twenty two sixty three is essentially just like a time travel love story, and like this just could be that. This just could be like you're telling me he could have gone back and saved JFK, and this motherfucker didn't do it. Actually, like he probably could. I don't know the rules of how this works, but like if you think like if, if this movie at the core is about their relationship, if it's about Evan and Kaylee, I don't really understand why you don't like lean into that more. Like, why is this not just like a? I mean, it could very well be like a romantic comedy. Yeah, I think it could. It should have been, or it could be like a more like like a lake house type movie that is like a romance drama. I mean, it was supposed to have like elements of romance. Like, I, I don't think that they played into his feelings for her enough. Like, it just kind of seems like he didn't see this. Like, they had feelings for her when he was a kid, and then all of a sudden he's in college. Yeah, and he's like, I have to find her. This, this is like, why, like, it just comes yeah. out. This is, this is one of the things that I want to bring up, like when we get to the movie, which is that like, it makes absolutely no sense after she commits suicide for him to be like, I must stop this. And it's like, this is a person you haven't seen or spoken to in seven years. Yeah. And you're like, I must stop this suicide. Well, that's the thing is like, I can understand like, even just in a general sense being like somebody I know like committed suicide. I have to stop it like that. I can get, I just feel like for this to be successful, he the the directors and the writers whatever their name were names were need to like establish some sort of connection prior to him seeing her in that diner for the impact to be as effective as they wanted it to be or like she could like literally like he could she could just show up dead one day and like yeah. he knows like they have this like he's using all these drugs to try to figure like to solve the murder to try to figure out what happened to her. Oh yes, and you discover all these things about like their past or whatever. No, that makes it more of a mystery and less edgy. That's the problem is that like these directors can't get out of their own fucking way. With it's like uh, no, it's got to be edgy. We got to have armless. It wasn't meant to Ashton be edgy. Kutcher. We've got to have someone burning a dog. Were his we legs not have... working? I do not understand. You blew we'll up get his there. arm. We'll get there. Shut up. All right, back to business. Um, 2004. There are two big things happening in Ashton Kutcher's life in 2004 around the release of this movie. Okay. What's the TMZ story of this year for Ashton Kutcher? We find out he has webbed feet. No. <laughs> I like that one. No, but I think that's a good one. He does. He really does have webbed feet. No, he does not. Oh, there are pictures. Dude, he's a, such a good swimmer. He's got a build. If he's, dude, if he has webbed feet, 
He has a build like Michael Phelps, and he didn't hop in the pool as a child. I he mean, made, he, might have. he made millions of dollars doing this. Why yeah. would he? Michael Phelps isn't for a the million. pride of your country. Go for gold, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's two things happening for Ashton Kutcher. A TMZ reveals that he's dating Demi Moore. Oh wow! Big oh, scandal at the I time. I forgot that happened. Big scandal. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's like, like thirty years, years older than him. Yeah. Solid choice. <laughs> and then the second thing that happened, which is kind of interesting that this happens to him, given what we just discussed, uh, he is essentially fired from Elizabethtown, directed by Cameron Crowe, for, oh, for just not really being able to be a, a serious actor. Oh, wow. Was this, was, this was prior to the movie? This is, that is, so this movie is, Elizabethtown is filming as this movie is coming out, and he's fired from that movie. Because of this release? Not because of this movie, but because, like, He's essentially told, you're not really a dramatic actor. Oh, interesting. And then he has this movie come out that makes $100 million, in which he is attempting to be a dramatic <laughs> actor. Interesting. You think they regret hmm. that decision? I don't think... I may, Maybe Cameron Crowe regrets making Elizabeth Town in general, but I don't know. <laughs> That's a different video, isn't because, it? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they replace... Ashton Kutcher with Orlando Bloom, so... I love oh. Mr. Bloom. Yeah. But... Lastly, I guess, before we get to the four endings. Oh, I can't wait. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Roger Ebert, gave this movie two and a half stars. Concluding his review by saying, I enjoyed the butterfly effect up to a point. That point was reached too long before the end of the movie. There's so much flashing forward and backwards, so many spins of fate, so many chapters in the journals that after a while I felt that I, as well as time, was being jerked around. <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah, I, he's the, there's the reason he's the heart and soul of Junkhead TV. Hot jerk. Hot jerk. All right, are you ready for the four endings to the butterfly effect? Um, yeah, we're ready for the four endings. Yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Start with the one that happened, so I can tell you as the other three go on if they would have been better or not. Okay, so the first movie, the first ending, is the one that we get, okay. which is, uh. They, he's coming out of the building. They exchange a glance. It kind of seems he remembers her. Uh, it kind of like gives the impression that she remembers him, kind of. But then they go off in another direction, or she's at least interested in him. But then they, he goes off. Uh, there's the the happy ending that was shot, where Evan stops her on the sidewalk and asks her out on a date, basically like. So the events happen exactly as it is. It's just everything happens exactly the same. The movie just ends with him asking her out. Mm. Okay. Which I guess you could argue, does this just put that chain of events in effect anyways? All the same shit happens. So I feel like, why would they leave it on such a bad note in the first? That's a better ending. That's a fucking better ending. The happy ending is the better ending? Out of the two, yes. All right, well, what about the third one? Evan and Kaylee pass each other on the sidewalk. He recognizes her, but she keeps moving, and he decides to turn around and follow her. It's left ambiguous what happens Creepy. after that. Yeah, very weird. I don't know why this is an ending that they considered. Where do you go with that? It's ambiguous. He, just he could be. Her he ends. could be like maybe we're we're moving into like a stalker type scenario. Then the butterfly <laughs> effect okay. two comes out. Oh, that would have been actually. That's a good place to leave. And then we get the director's cut ending, 
Which, in case you were wondering, yes, there is a director's cut to this movie, and it's about 15 minutes longer, so I will not be watching it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but They the, were like, let's already take a movie that's two hours long of uh-huh. shit, and let's add 15 more. <laughs> Sorry, this, I, this, I think, harsh. I apologize. this I think gets my vote for like, God, I wish this was the ending. If you're trying to be edgy and dark, I don't know how this isn't your theatrical ending. Right. Ready? So we see like when he's in the Institute, like he watches that family video to like transport back to the past because his journals don't exist. Yeah. So he's like doing that because uh, there's like some other scenes in the director's cut about how like he doesn't have, like, a pulse. Like, he's not meant for this world, and so does shit like that, right? And so he sees a home video of his mother just before she's about to give birth. And he travels back in time to before she gives birth, so he's in the womb, and he strangles himself with his own umbilical cord (laughs) to prevent the curse from continuing on. Yeah, I want that one. I want that one. Oh my gosh. How do you do the effects for that? I like, I want to think that they didn't go with that ending strictly because it would have put them over budget. I mean, this is in the director's cut, so you can watch this. No! Oh, but you that. don't want to watch it? I'm not watching the other two hours and 14 minutes of that movie to see the last no, 60 no. seconds. No, we just skipped to the last part. I agree. We got to see how I that goes that down. I think that ending is incredible. I do too. I think that is the ending that earns the like the, oh my God, I can't believe you will <laughs> never believe what you see at the end of the butterfly effect. Like That would be insane. That That's would make the-, the rest of the shit worth it. How, like, you can go from something paranormal or, like, time traveler-esque to a baby strangling themselves. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. That is pretty crazy. Dude, what can I say? Uh, Eric Bress and Jay McCree Goober are... Ha, <laughs> Goober? ...are geniuses. <laughs> I like these guys. My opinion on them has changed so much after hearing that. All right. Well, that's the end of how this movie is made. Let's break down the movie. How does this movie open? <sighs> I don't remember, honestly. It's a problem. We all watched it last night. Mm. I know. Faded with a quote. Butterfly flaps its wings. Mm. Tsunami. The wrong answer. It opens with 26 minutes of bullshit that we don't need as oh the audience. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, but I was supposed to remember that. <laughs> okay. The fastest paced part of the movie is the first 26 minutes that goes through the entire establishing point just for them to focus on like in real time, what is like two days? I don't know if it re- even is. I think it's supposed to be longer than two days. No, it's like their whole childhood, right? So I don't under like I don't understand, right? Like, oh, okay. There's two <laughs> things I don't understand. One is like, is a dramatic choice. Why show us all of this stuff before we meet Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> We're like, this should be things that we discover happen to him when he's discovering that these things happen to him. It is like, it's, it's called drama. Like that is how you create, like we know all the things he's going to go to because you spent 26 minutes showing us a sped up version of his childhood. That's completely unnecessary. It kind of seems like you're answering a question for us before we even have the chance to ask the question ourselves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We don't, we have absolutely no idea why we're seeing this, but we know exactly where Ashton Kutcher is going to go when he like is reading his diaries. Like yeah. We, yeah. we don't have any reason to be seeing this in the beginning, but we absolutely, we know everything that's going to happen when he starts reading the, like the diaries. Like there's no mystery, like cutting to Eric Stoltz being like, 
Listen, you little retard, take off your clothes. Like <laughs> That's having, a quote, by the way. Having yeah. that, he says that. <laughs> having that scene like in the beginning is like, oh, well, that's going to be some repressed shit he has to deal with later. Like <laughs> The only mystery in this movie is like, how is what he's doing now going to affect his future? Because you go back and you, he has a goatee and you're like, oh, something's different here. The goatee. <laughs> <laughs> So my other question has to do with what's his name, Tommy? Yeah, the brother. Like, yep. mm. so because Ashton Kutcher is dating his sister, he decides to get all like crazy and homicidal? Yes. Well, Correct. I mean, you could also assume because he wasn't getting raped by his father. That makes him he homicidal? Wasn't, he Wait, wasn't he- getting attention. But he was seemed, jealous? I think if you were, I mean, honestly, if you were to really break it down, he's in the stairwell while his father's filming these that, but. kids. No, but I mean, since you brought up that. But it's just like, like, so like after he sees them kiss is kind of when he like goes off his rocker. Yeah. yeah. So like that is leading the audience to believe that like because his sister is interested in his friend, that it's like time for me to kill a dog. Like, is he in love with his sister? But that was his dog, though. That was Ashton Kutcher's dog. I know, but like, I don't understand how you go for. I don't. I don't know how we start here and we get to here. You kiss my sister, I kill your fucking dog. Well, that's the thing is, like, I I can understand that to a certain extent because, like, what? What? No, not Tommy. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying I sympathize with Tommy. No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying I understand like the connection there because it was established that he's a completely damaged individual. When? Well, when he's twisting that doll's head off. Right. And which brings it back to he's doing that in the stairwell while his father is getting these kids to get naked. Yeah. It also like like the blacking out. I don't remember anything is probably the most convenient plot device ever. No, it, it definitely is convenient. And I know that like there's the connection between like he blacks out when his future self is going back in time. So like I get that the pieces come together later, but. Again, it's one of those things where it's like it's ans- it's answering a question before we have the chance to ask it ourselves. It almost is like it, it's almost as if like you, if this were like a book, like this is a hundred page book, and you're just putting like a sticky note like every ten pages, being like, "Oh, well, we gotta have to come back to this at some point." Like that's like <laughs> what you're telling the audience, which is like, "Don't worry, we're coming back to this, just not yet." I'm tired of writing this script. What should we do to fill all these voids? Uh, a lot, lot of great young Ashton Kutcher. It's not played by young Ashton Kutcher, but like a lot of good <laughs> young Ashton Kutcher lines in this. Like, yeah. Uh, what, what is he saying? Hey, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope, I hope he would want to be my real dad. Oh my gosh, this script was the most clunky thing I've ever heard. I don't understand how so many people were interested in making this movie. Like, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand it either, but I, I do have to say, um, not the kid Ashton Kutcher actor, but the, like, was it teenage? Was he a teenager at that point? When he yeah. went to go, like, save his dog and stuff? That kid did a pretty decent job. I think all the child actors in this movie suck. What? <sighs> yeah. I think Why? they're all bad. No. Uh, I think, like, really? except for the kid from Cheaper by the Dozen that puts meat <laughs> in someone's pants. <laughs> That kid is awesome. Oh no, he only gets extra credit because of the cheaper by the dozen. Also, 
Like rip to that kid. This that kid has the worst that like, gets the most shit end of the deal in all of this stuff yeah. going back in time. That's true. He either like has to spend time in a mental hospital for killing Tommy or he actually something good actually happens to him and he gets and to like then- date Kate like <laughs> Kaylee or Caitlin, whatever Kaylee. her name is. Yeah. And Ashley Kutcher's like, Nope, not good enough. I'm gonna ruin this for you and then goes <laughs> back in time. Dude, if I had my arms blown off, I would <laughs> Try and go back in time too. That's what I don't understand. So in that moment, like Ashton Kutcher then attempts suicide, and it's like, why the fuck are you attempting suicide when you have this ability to go back in time and change the things that have happened to you? Dude, well, he like he succeeded in everything that he wanted, like, but like not for himself. It just seems like no matter he goes back and then he goes forward in time again, and no matter what happens, somebody ends up in a shit situation. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it's him. A lot of the time, it's just, a, like, everybody. Tommy can't catch a break until, you know, he finally saves that lady or whatever. Quote, unquote, saves that lady. And after he put her in danger in the first place. But that's a different story. But anyways, <laughs> and that baby, too. Jeez. But it's just kind of like one of those things where you're watching this entire situation unfold. And uh, he is in a wheelchair. And I don't see that his legs are blown off at any point why can't he walk well he might have ended up with some sort of paralysis but, but that's never said we're never it's, yeah, told it's not that. said we see that he has legs at a couple points and then he just isn't able to use them i understand that he can't push his own wheelchair but he can walk his own <laughs> legs because he has them but we're never told that he doesn't have legs <laughs> so after these 26 minutes <laughs> We see, we see Evan as a, a he's a he's a psychology student at a university. No, at state. At state, my bad. <laughs> uh, he goes out to celebrate seven years, no blackouts. He then reads his journal, has a blackout. So this must Idiot. be when he. Okay, this is what I didn't understand. So this is when he talks to Kaylee about being molested as a child. Yeah. And he basically asks her, like, what happened? And she gets all upset about it, like, because he's digging up the past. Mm-hmm. And she ends up c- committing suicide. Why? I'm not sure. I don't understand why she would. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, I guess. How does he know he can go back in time and save her? Um, I don't, I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, Because he accidentally went back in time the first time when he dropped the cigarette on his stomach. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember, because then he woke up and he was laying in bed while Thumper was thumping, thumping. <laughs> and he looked down and he saw the little like the scar burn mark on his stomach. Yeah, he was like playing with it. Yeah, so he had already gone back once. Yeah, it's the weird though because it, I feel like he put together the pieces very quickly to be like, I I was back. I was there, man. I was in the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he still has an hour and a half of like going back and meddling in people's lives to get to. So we can't spend too much time on him. Like, I, I mean, like, it just I, seems like another convenience. Is all I'm saying. I, I think that that is a big thing that's missing from the movie, which is like, okay, okay, like, essentially, he discovers what is his superpower, right? And so you would think he has to spend some time figuring out how the superpower works. He has zero plan at any point. Like, there's only one situation I can honestly say I understand why he wouldn't come up with a plan. And that was when he was in prison about to be fucking killed 
by people trying to break mm-hmm. into the cell that he's trapped in. Like I can understand a rust job at that point. Yeah. But there's so he has he has time and he can go back to the same exact moment no matter what he does. Fucking give it some forethought, dude. We he like is constantly being like, I think this is the moment that screwed everything up. And it's like, nope, that wasn't it. I think this is the moment that screwed everything up. Nope, that wasn't it. I think this is the moment that screwed everything up. And it's just it's just constantly like cycling back and forth between all these things that we saw when they were kids in the opening twenty six minutes of the movie. It's just like it's like dude, like how how are you not figuring out these things like so much faster than this? Like yeah. How how are you not thinking to yourself like first we I said this last night when we got over like how is the first thing that you don't think to do be like man we should I should really go back and save the woman and child that we murdered yeah yeah because I feel like everything was not necessarily fine up to that point but everything was pretty like not super shitty I would definitely oh, say no, like you got molested before that that was yeah. pretty shitty but yeah, like why why wouldn't like okay so it establishes all this stuff with his dad and like his dad can do this too how why is the first place you're not going back to like talk to your dad to try to figure out how all this happens to try to figure out more to have more answers about what the fuck is going on well i don't think he realizes that his dad has this same exact deal until later when he hears about like the photographs the photo album yeah he, he knows his dad was sick but i don't think yeah. he realizes he had the same ability because his mom wouldn't tell him shit about his condition his dad's condition until yeah. even like she he tried to get a little bit out of her at that dinner they had you know the one where she gave that snarky look to the waitress and she was walking by <laughs> <laughs> I know, and but up to that point, he didn't really know much about his dad. After, besides the fact that his dad tried to like choke him to death. Yeah, in an institution. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> you demented fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh man, my kid acted like that kid. Goes back in time. Yeah. He saves Kaylee, and now they're like together, right? Mm-hmm. I have. This is when you you start to think about it, and the movie just completely makes no sense. I have a lot of logistical questions here. Mm. <laughs> Let's start with this. How can he remember all of these past realities that took place? Because seemingly, once he changes the future, these past realities would no longer have existed. So how does he wake up with Kaylee... And, like, he's, like, in a fraternity. She's in a sorority. How would he ever remember, like, them being molested? Because seemingly that never would have taken place. Well, I think it's, like, this is still, whether he's going back in time or not, he's still in one stream of conscious going back in time. But he's he's changing what that would be. Like, he still remembers all of the times that he's altered the past. Yes. But, like, all of the events that get changed... He seemingly knows all of the outcomes to that. He knows what the outcome is when he does this. He knows what the outcome is when he does this. But like him doing something means that these other outcomes are no longer possible. Yeah. He shouldn't – he never would have experienced them. Therefore, he cannot remember them. Well, that's not necessarily true because as somebody who can go back in time, his – Are you saying you are? No, no, no. You're like <laughs> as someone who can go back in time. tell you. Dude, I've got news. Uh, no, but like as somebody who can go back in time, like his past becomes his future as like, like his conscience, his past becomes his future because he goes back in time, which is 
in one stream of conscience for him, if it's if it, if a conscience is like going just forward, then him going back in time is still his conscience moving forward. Yeah, I don't buy that. No, what? That makes sense to me, man. The only thing that like I have a hard time with is like effect. I know that like they have that whole scene where they try and explain it like effectively, your brain is trying to shove forty years of memories into it at once. Oh, I hate all the brain shit in this movie. Yeah, it doesn't even make shit. sense. Well, that's the thing. It's like I understand they need to create like a limiter, but I feel like the of bad events as they happen is enough of a deterrent for him to not go back in the past anymore. But I feel like besides the fact that he essentially bleeds to death out of his nose every but, time he comes back. But that's my complaint. Why do we need him to have a brain hemorrhage every time he travels? Why do we need that? We don't. We don't. Well, it, it seemingly like puts a limit on it, right? So that like he can't he doesn't have infinite attempts at this. Well, he but doesn't need to have a limit. That's assumed, right? Well, I, no, because I think you can It's I, I think you can safe you can safely assume yeah. that like it's essentially capping it. Like you can only do this so many more times. So maybe like you should stop fucking it up. Well, no, I completely understand that. Like there is definitely a sense of urgency that comes with the nosebleeds. And once you realize that it's a brain hemorrhage, all that kind of shit. But two things. One, he doesn't seem that worried about it when he's learning he's about it. He's not worried it. at all. He's not worried at all. He's fucking playing around in a wheelchair, going yeah. back and forth, making jokes, whatever. That's fine. But this is all new that's, information to him as that's well. That's the other thing that I don't understand is that like – so he, he goes with, with Kaylee. Like he like sets up this nice dinner for her and everything. And like even though he knows that he has just like altered the past and his life is completely different. He doesn't really know anything about his current life. He's still like – Oh man, this is great. We're going out to dinner. We're having a nice time. It's like, why wouldn't you be more concerned about this? <laughs> that like you are in a relationship with a woman that like is so drastically different from what you knew her as that yeah. you really don't even know her at all. That's true. And you're just like, this is vibes. We're going out to dinner. <laughs> I set this up for you. I like this lady in a past life. Maybe I would like her now. And like <sighs> and then we get to Tommy and he seemingly knows what happens to Tommy. Right? Even though, how would he know? He just got placed in that reality. He comes back and, like, he doesn't seemingly know anything about his relationship with Kaylee and how and what took place there, but yet he knows everything that happened to Tommy and that they would be coming after him. Like, how does that doesn't make any sense either? I don't know, man. There's a lot of convenience in this movie. A lot of stuff that seems to be driven forward strictly because things need to happen. Here not for any particular reason. I guess like I can I can get beyond that, right? Like I can if you want to be like, oh well it's his consciousness and his brain's got forty years of memories in one day and that's how he remembers all this. Hmm. I'd be like, fine. <laughs> Here's what I don't this is what I genuinely don't <laughs> understand. Him going back in time and changing all of these things seemingly only affects four people in the entire world. <laughs> he doesn't get why, why. Like, how is there no like? How is there no scene of him like waking up after a blackout, or he's, he's come back from the past, and it's like, oh my god, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is president. Like, how is there not like like weird shit like that happening? Because you've just you've drastically altered time, and now everybody's life is going to be different, yeah. except nobody's life is different, except for the four main characters of this movie. Well, I'm just trying to think, like, what did he do in the past to change shit? 
It wouldn't matter, though. Like, that's the idea of the butterfly effect, is that one small change that he is making yeah. would make would have drastic implications for the rest of the world. Yeah, but that's if you're trying to hold it to, like, a, the scientific standard, which makes sense. I understand that. But like I said before, I can get past all of that. I can get past, like, their loose definition and understanding and interpretation of the butterfly effect. Well, I, I think it, it all kind of stems from these two guys making this movie just, like, wanting it to be different. Yeah. And it's like, there's a reason that, like, the funny stuff of, like, oh, you've altered time. It's now so wacky that, you know, Pee Wee Herman's president. Like, there, like, there's something that's fun about seeing that in a movie. And these people are like, no, he must go to jail. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, I don't understand, like, half of these creative decisions. First things first. Get me to a universe where Pee Wee Herman's president. Well, not gonna happen now. Rest in peace, Pee Wee. Yeah, you were like, a real one. But like, there's seemingly like oh shit, no, he jerked off in a theater. That's Fox. still a real one. Chat <laughs> move. But like, he's changing all these things in the past. It doesn't seem to affect the outside world at all. Yeah. But what what do you see in the movie that is the outside world? It well, revolves around these four characters. Right, but you would again, you would think you'd see some sort of mention of like. Something that is indicating that the rest of the world has changed because of him. It kind of makes it makes the scope and like the scale of what he is doing a little bit more significant. It makes you kind of have to like if, if you had introduced this stuff, you wouldn't need the brain hemorrhaging because you could be like, yeah. man, I'm really messing up the world. The more I go back into the past, like I need to stop doing that. Like that can be like the naturally occurring reason for you to stop doing that. Instead, we get like. Man, every time I go back in time, I'm just pissing blood out my nose. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta stop doing this. It was. It's funny you say that though, because I called my brother as I was leaving, and I was like, "Dude, I just watched a butterfly effect." He was like, "Oh yeah, how was it?" I was like, first 26 minutes, you get so much information, and then it's an hour and a half of a dude with nosebleeds." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, if you think about it, what changes does he really make? Like, Big Ashton Kutcher goes back. And as seemingly takes over little Ashton Kutcher's body and calls people a fuck bag. And that just yeah. changes yeah. the course of their lives. Like this kid, it's, it's, it seems like the adult Ashton Kutcher is possessing the little one to go back and speaking through him to change these things. Yeah. That's exactly what it is though. Because like, like I said, the guy throughout this movie has one stream of conscience. Yeah. I we think that it, like, dude. I can understand looking outside, like, of himself uh, to kind of like see how he's changed things because like even if other people's lives aren't changed super drastically you can't tell me that like his mom being in the hospital had an impact on another person or even if it's just like those directly involved with these changes even if it's not like you know the oceans are rising at a faster rate because he went and called that guy a fuckbag you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah but I mean I just like for me, it makes the movie less interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is... I feel like once you go down that route, you kind of have to do the rom-com type of deal. But not, you don't even, like, have to do that. It's just, As like... it should be. There's not... There's nothing really, like, grounding, like, the drama of the movie. Yeah. That's because, just, yeah, it shouldn't be dramatic. It's just, like... like, I mean, maybe that is the problem, but, like... the So, Ashton Kutcher... Like, I guess we can just... There's one other thing to talk about, but I guess we can just, like, get to the end, right? Where it's, like... <laughs> The the big like grand dramatic choice that 
he has to make is that like, well, I have to make sure that me and Kaylee's lives never intertwine. That's the only way to save her from this, yeah. allegedly. Right, that's supposed to be this big choice. And then he wakes up, he comes back, and he asks his roommate, who seemingly comes out okay. That's Lenny, is his yeah. name? Lenny, yeah. And, and he goes, who's Kaylee, right? So, crisis averted. And he mm-hmm. does the right thing. But at the same time, like, there's no weight to that moment because it's like, well, okay, so why do I care that, like, you've saved her? Like, you've given me no reason to because the entire movie you've made her uh, date Lenny, you've made her a heroin addict, mm-hmm. and you've made her, like, seemingly, like, a great girlfriend. Until and you commit suicide. And commit suicide. Like, all this stems from this one interaction you have with a girl at a diner that you hadn't seen in eight years. Kind of seems like he's doing her way too... Like, he's doing her more bad than good. Yeah, he ruins her life. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, like, the first situation, yeah, it's not great. It's horrible what happened to them. But she seemingly is okay. Like, yeah. she's yeah. Gr- granted, she's working at a diner, but, like, you know, she got out of her house. Yeah. She's doing better for herself. Her she's brother not, seemingly is okay, like, doing fine. She's not a heroin addict prostitute with a ginormous face scar. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, like, he he doesn't seemingly do anything for her. Yeah. And yet this is supposed to be, like, a big dramatic moment of, like, oh, man, he's really putting her first. That must be true love. <laughs> and it's like, it can't be true love because he hadn't spoken to her in eight fucking years. The sacrifice like- <laughs> that he was make by not interacting with this lady is literally how he was living in the first timeline. Yes, he already <laughs> made that sacrifice by not talking to her for eight fucking years. Yeah, no, it makes zero sense. Which makes, it's so dumb. And that's the thing, that's the shit, is that in the last timeline, if you think about it like this, he meets Kaylee and that is like, basically tying him to her being molested like the idea is that she goes off and she does her own thing in the last timeline and because they never meet she never gets molested because it she doesn't follow the same path as she followed in the first timeline but seemingly anything that happened to her could have still happened with or without ashton that's exactly what i'm saying like like theoretically I'm assuming that this guy molested her outside of Ashton Kutcher, right? Yes. So why isn't she at the diner in the last in the last timeline? Well, the point is she moved to her mom's. Uh, I guess that's true. She didn't stay at her dad's house because Ashton Kutcher wasn't her friend. She chose to move in with her mom, which was a better situation. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so no, no, she wouldn't tracks, have gotten tracks. molested there. That tracks. Yeah. And Tommy actually turned into a functional person. Yeah, because they both moved and to became moms. valedictorian. Hell but like, yeah, Tommy. So that solves like that problem. But like the criticism still remains that like Ashton Kutcher like goes through this all this shit just to essentially end up at the end of the movie where he started the movie, which is like uh, this is a girl I don't talk to. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess it, he did get her out of a bad situation, though, which was his objective in the first place. But like. I, it's still like is like why like why yeah. was it something he cared about i don't know man nostalgia he loved, <laughs> he loved dude. young love 
young love when he puts the note up to the window as he's they're driving away that says i'll the, come back for you and he never comes the back 13 year old with the best handwriting i've ever seen <laughs> and then when she kills herself he puts the note on her grave on her um so is that a guilt thing yeah he felt guilty it's like i made you kill yourself but like again that's a decision i don't understand either like yeah. like Ashton Kutcher asking you these questions about things you seemingly already know and have dealt with and you're like, "Well, time to kill myself." Like Yeah. It that decision doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I just I think there's just like too many logistical issues in the movie to be like, "Hey, you should watch this. This is great." <laughs> I think people should watch it. I I, I don't. I, I don't think you should. I wouldn't watch tell this. anyone to watch this. I totally would. <laughs> I totally would tell people to watch this movie. Just I would tell people to watch Kutcher's the final nubs. scene of the director's cut. <laughs> the baby strangling. Yes. It's, like it's, a, it's a fucking baby, dude. It's not even it's not even out of the womb. How it does it strangle itself? itself with the umbilical cord? Well, I would assume it's like it's a little baby Ashton, hands and he's like Ashton Kutcher's consciousness like in a baby, so he's like fully right. grown and like can just strangle himself. He just knows you what to do. You hear Ashton Kutcher's voice and you're like in on a like a an, uh, I think there's a lot of logistical questions like if you could actually strangle yourself like I don't think you could like I don't think you could it doesn't happen on purpose like like babies get strangled in the womb by the umbilical cord but they don't do it themselves because I'm just trying to think though like I'll get you fuck bag <laughs> <laughs> he crawls out just screaming that <laughs> where's fuck bag <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the last thing to talk about is just, like, the extremeness of everything. And, like, okay. So, obviously, it introduces early on, like, this idea of incest and molestation, right? Totally out of left field. Doesn't need to be in this movie. He could seemingly go back in time to save Kaylee from just about anything. Mm. It doesn't need to be this. And That's pretty edgy, though. It is. It's pretty hardcore. And then we yeah. get, I'm going to kill your dog and burn him alive. Oh, that's the worst. Totally unnecessary. That is the worst. And then you get the prison scene. True. Which is also completely unnecessary. You have to watch a guy get stabbed in the dick. Yep. Then you get the nubs. Yep. And then you get these four kids who for some reason like think it's a good idea to put dynamite in someone's mailbox. Well, it was obviously Tommy's idea, but even that, they're all friends. Even that decision is just like, it's like, why this is before this would be before he, Ashton Kutcher and Kaylee are like dating or like kiss each other. So already this, this kid's kind of demented. There was tension. So like there was tension there. He covered her ears, dude. Oh yeah, the hands on the yeah. hands. Physical contact. I I also I don't buy that like you see a woman carrying a no matter like like you're a teenager, right? Yeah. I can remember being a teenager. There's absolutely no way that I would put a stick of dynamite into someone's mailbox, be watching to see it explode, and then I <laughs> see the woman go towards the mailbox and just be like it's in God's hands now. Like I would 100% be like, "Hey yo, do not go near that mailbox." Yeah. But I'm also assuming that you wouldn't put a dog into a burlap sack, put it in lighter fluid, and light it on fire. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. But the same, like, <laughs> I wouldn't but, do that. However, but. well, like we're supposed we're, we're supposed to gather that like Tommy is the demented one. You still have three normal teenagers there that yeah. could be like, ma'am, 
Stay away from that. Yeah. Don't go near that mailbox. Don't hurt George Clooney from Leatherheads. <laughs> like, but like, they're all just like, well, I guess we just got to let her get blown up. And again, it's like, it's, it's, this is another reason that like the dramatic moments of the movie don't work is because everything is so fucking extreme for no reason. Yeah, there's yeah. no modesty in this movie it's at all. It's unrealistic. Like there's absolutely like there's no reason for it to be like this over the top. Like like it is either like Ashton Kutcher comes back from the past and his arms are blown off with nubs or yeah. he comes back <laughs> from the past and like Kaylee is a heroin addict selling her body. Like there's no like, this is just something that could have happened. It's like, let, what's the most disturbing thing we can think of? And that's going to be the scene. Well, because I just want to, like, without that, I feel like there is no movie. Because, to be honest, I feel like there's no consistent, he has no consistent objective throughout the entire movie. Because if it's Kaylee's happiness, he got that. If it was him and Kaylee's relationship, he got that in one timeline. If it was, um, you know fucking some other bullshit you know he got a lot of what he wanted but like in different ways but somebody is always hurt in the process well, I so guess, like he's always aiming for perfection i guess at mm-hmm. the end of the day like he wants his friends to be better off these friends that he hasn't seen or spoken to in eight years he no. wants them to be better off but not if it's at the expense of him doing poorly well, good luck, because, like, his mom was in the hospital from chain-smoking cigarettes for 14 years. And so, like, because he has stubs, she becomes a chain-smoker, which is the funniest connection. <laughs> like, what? How does, how does funny, one relate to the other? It's just really funny that he put two and two together almost instantly when he got rolled into that hospital room. Because oh. of my arms are gone, she started smoking cigarettes. <laughs> just, okay. That was perfect. <laughs> like, why not make her like a heavy drinker? Like, how does smoking cigarettes help you cope with like your child's trauma? Like, <laughs> I gotta go outside and have a quick one. <laughs> she just like is always going outside to rip butts, like just to get away from him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, <laughs> so fucking dark. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel. I definitely feel like a lot of this movie. Like, there's no situation where like they go back and everybody's life is just mildly bad like like some, average like they just don't have some money and then they can just be that and he's like you know what i can live with this well i would think that like if your mom's like in her 70s and everything is kind of okay but like she's just like dying of cancer i feel like that's when you have to be like this is the price we have to pay for this like yeah. like that's got to be like she's in her fucking 70s like she's she's lived a good life like, I don't understand, like, but again, because he has no arms, it's like, well, this can't be the way things end. This doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, that was the only time his mom looked old, though. That was the only... I don't think she was 70. No, she wasn't. She was very young, she actually. Was like 50? But because she had cancer... It's a good life. Look... Oh, my... <laughs> yeah, for he some of us. He just looks at his mom and goes... You had a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you had a good run. I am not doing that shit again. <laughs> I don't think if this movie were to get made today that this movie is nearly as extreme as this. No. Oh, gosh, no. The effects aren't as good either. The effects are just going <laughs> to be better. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All those letters shaking around, he just kind of looks like a modern 
movie effect for having dyslexia. It's just like <laughs> you know, like when all the numbers start moving yeah. around on the page and shit. It's it's literally like, um, like camera shake in like iMovie. Like that's like the signifier <laughs> that like they're going back in time. Oh shit! I like it though. I think it's cool. It's interesting. Like it, it, they could have done it so many different ways. They could have just like had a fucking portal open up in the wall or something. He's like, gotta jump through it. See, that'd be sick. I would prefer that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into the portals. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I where's that movie? That. Maybe you get it in the version where the baby chokes itself. Hell yeah. <laughs> also cooler. Yeah, this is just not very good. It's not good. I don't think it'd be made today. Um, I don't know. For $13 million, maybe. But I, again, yeah. I think you make a movie like this and you're just opening up the wormhole for people to be like, this doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, with the amount of multiverse shit that's out now, it just kind of seems like it's on brand yeah. for right now. Like That's true. All the Marvel shit, all the fucking, uh, I guess that's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. I think like there's a way to make this movie where it is more engaging, where it is more of a mystery, and you're trying to figure out, well, what did happen to Ashton Kutcher when he was a kid? But because we got to see it all, yeah, like there's no real mystery to any of it. it the mystery is like, well, how is he gonna not make them suck this time? Like, <laughs> that I just I just think like, and when you do that five times in the movie, it's just kind of like. I'm kind of bored with this. Beating a dead horse, don't you think, Gruber? <laughs> <laughs> like, do something else. Yeah. Give him a mohawk. Make him Thumper. Ooh. Bring Thumper in more. <laughs> Make a movie about Thumper. Let hump. Let Thumper <laughs> hump. <laughs> oh man. Well. You guys have anything else to say about the butterfly effect? <laughs> that That's, yeah, that wraps it up. <laughs> um, stay tuned. Next week, we will have an all-new episode of Raised by Movies. I don't know what we're doing. I don't remember. I'll have to look at the schedule. It could be time for Zodiac. I'm not sure. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but make sure you stay tuned for more episodes featuring these two people right here. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for watching. Like the video. Share it with your friends. <laughs> if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Get in touch with us. Let us know what we could be doing better or what we could be doing worse. And until next time, thank you for watching. Keep enjoying good things. Stay safe out there. See you later. Goodbye, everybody.